Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. Oh, pardon me. Third eye. Hi, I'm R. Neville Johnston. Or a unicorn, one or the other. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we are going to talk about emotion. I just wanted to see Neville's crystal. Yeah, it's very nice. One. Yeah. Mm -hmm. First time on the air with this particular one. Mm -hmm. On the air, they, they clear after a while. This one is... Uh, Already just uh, cloudy at the very base of it, but yes. it's uh, pretty clear all the way around. Yes. So we'll see by the end of the show. So it's a very nice crystal, so we have a nice, pleasant emotion to do mm -hmm. with that. And we were going to talk, we, we've done, I believe it was last week, we did a show on techniques of thought. And so this would be the equivalent, but with the emotional body. And if we look at ourselves as being two halves, because we technically, physically are, our left and right hemispheres are distinctly two different brains. If you take them out of your skull, they are two completely different things that are held together by cords of communication. So we are two people in essence. And so uh, one analogy that I've recently come up with to explain this is if you think of your left brain as Ricky Ricardo and your right brain as Lucy Ricardo, one really does contain our emotions and has a lot to offer, and the other contains a logical approach and has a lot to offer. But what we tend to do is identify with one over the other in circumstances. And family, um, family experience, family inheritance that we, that we pick up from family belief systems and such program us to orient ourselves with one side or the other in certain circumstances. If you look at a very emotional family, when something happens, they will approach it from their right brain. And a logical family, it will be more from the left brain. So it is something we can learn to do, our approaches. But ideally, it would be a balance between the two. Well, the ever, um, um, the relationship that's ongoing between the head and the heart, you know, very much so, the two, when they work together, and you are then uh, an enormously bright light and um, really capable of uh, uh, changing reality with a single thought once mm -hmm. the two are lined up. So now I want to, uh, and I know you have other opinions, the, the approach, the idea that emotion um, is in the category of free will. And while it doesn't appear to us, uh, nonetheless we do choose uh, emotional response because you choose everything that happens in your life. That's simply what free will means. So to choose emotions, and then more important to us apparently, is to choose not to choose emotional reactions to things. But we are made of emotion. There would be, life would not be worth living without emotion. I mean, uh, there's a very small step to a completely logical mind, and it's a total absence of feeling and color and um, life force just evaporates when it is all perfectly logical. So the idea of, of recognizing our emotions, and so our emotions are of course love and all our forms of love. As you have said, as we have noticed that uh, um, anger for example is love, well fear is uh, love missing information, anger is uh, borders, love missing borders, etc. So the idea of, of getting a hold of yourself and becoming in 
command of your emotions. Now the irony is you are always in command of your emotions, but when you become emotional, you become unconscious, you become subconscious. Uh, if we consider guilt to be an emotion, then I can definitely state that when we become emotional, when we become guilty, we become um, asleep and then we can be very easily manipulated. And that's the other thing about emotions. We, uh, our emotions appear to manipulate us really rather regularly. And so we would like, um, we would love to give us information on how not to be um, danced around by our emotions, but rather dancing with our emotions. And well, that's a very important stipulation. That's, a, that's definitely a good point to make, that we have power over our emotions. But here is a theory of mine that <clears throat> I, I would like to introduce with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I think that there are lots of different approaches, and they're all true. Like we've said before, the coffee cup on the middle of the table, there's the, the handles to the left to me, but it will be on the right to you. And it's important to find out multiple truths and not just hold mm -hmm. fixed in one truth. But I would say, with that being said, if you look at the idea of we have a feeling, and the feeling is just like a thought, but it is more in the body, in the heart, in the emotions, in the right brain, or whatever, and that emotion is just energy in motion, and it is our body, our psyche's way of taking that feeling and moving it to transform it into something else. Mm -hmm. So for instance, somebody is walking all over us, anger comes as a movement to change the situation. Mm -hmm. all, all what Very we well would put. call negative emotion comes to create a change in our life and in, in our mm -hmm. exchange that we're having at that moment. Now where I feel the emotion gets stagnant and stops working on our behalf is when we don't let it move the emotion that we let, or the, move the feeling. If we let it move the feeling, but we still hold on to the feeling. And I would say that's one of the biggest things about humans and our, our emotion is that we're taught to hold on to things for a really, really long time. I, re, I remember when I was young, maybe in my late teens and in my 20s, I recognized that I would feel something very powerfully and then I would express it and it would be gone. I didn't hold on to it after that. I expressed it, it's out mm -hmm. and it's gone. Yeah, very good. And then good. I noticed that people were saying, no, that's not the way to be. You are supposed to hold on to this and just be quiet about it. And I found that people are very ashamed of their emotions. And it's like Ricky hiding Lucy away when the big producer comes to town because this is his object of shame even though he loves her. There, there's this, yeah, she's a lunatic, well she's yeah. a lunatic. And that's how we are with our left and our right brain mm -hmm. aspects of us. And so we're hiding this part of us away ashamed. So what if we loved our emotions and saw them as a movement to take and transform feelings, which are thoughts, but with a different aspect of us, mm -hmm. to get it to change, to move it through. Like talking helps us to, to move our ideas, correct? Or we create, we type, we do something, it moves our ideas. So if we have a feeling of love, then the emotion helps carry that and start an exchange with someone else. Mm -hmm. If we feel anger, it causes us to leave the situation or to do some kind of change. So I, I have always viewed emotions as being on our side, whereas most of the writings that you see views emotion as being something hysterical and it's a reaction. 
And that is true. I feel our emotion is a reaction to a belief. So our feeling is a reaction to a belief, and our emotion is a reaction from the feeling. So if we believe that everyone is out to attack us, then we are going to react emotionally. Mm-hmm. So the work I do with tapping, emotional yeah, tapping, yeah. what it does is it <clears throat> takes the emotion that's short-circuiting because it's based on a fraudulent belief or a belief that no longer serves you and clears that circuit. So emotion can spiral out of control where it's like a, a power line that's flopping around, shooting sparks everywhere too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so the idea of becoming in, in command of your emotion well, what, what by is, allowing it to be free, by letting it flow through, is very bright, very good way well, to when I, put that. I used to write a lot of poetry. I, I still have tons of it from all the way from when I was like 10 till I was almost 30, in my 30s. I wrote poetry, so I have a lot of it. But one of, that I wrote when I was in my early 20s was called... Um, passion's refraction. I don't remember what it was called, but in essence it was talking about when you hold passion back, it gets refracted and it changes its form. So if you picture it as a light beam going out, you repress it, it gets refracted and it becomes something else. So for instance, anger is a movement, a clearing of things, but if we repress it, it becomes aggression and passive aggressive natures, it becomes homicidal after a while. Whereas if we embraced all aspects of us, it would never be what we see as, as being negative. Well, that's very much the advanced, the advanced of us. Uh, loving, recognizing everything as love. And once everything is recognized as love by everyone, it would be very okay for us to be far more childlike mm-hmm. and just simply express the emotion right then and there without the, you know, it's my turn now. You know, the, the rather than, uh, as you say, withdraw and anger, and then it ferments, mm-hmm. and then you become. So the idea is to become awake about uh, the emotions. As I was saying, the emotions put you stone asleep right away. You're, you become unconscious if you are angry enough. If you are um, the, that other form of anger, passion, if you're a passion enough, you lose sight of the immediate environment that you're in. You lose sight, period, when the emotions start to rule you. But as we've said before, life would not be worth living if there was only logic, if there was only uh, linear thought. <laughs> Who cares? Mozart would have chosen a different planet to incarnate on because there would have been no audience for him here. Mm-hmm. And that's another, another method of emotion is music. And uh, some music can very definitely be discordant. And other music can take you to the heights of uh, whatever heights might be. So then if we uh, equate our uh, emotion with music and start to recognize uh, anger would be this very uh, sharp-toned, when we've heard music like this, it was popular, the deconstructionist movement, when it was translated through music became uh, all these notes that don't fit with each other. Mm-hmm. That, and, and people, oh, that's very good. Yes, we have to applaud that. Um, and yes, because everything is love, it's a matter of recognizing everything is love. Yeah. And the particular strand of creation that, this, that we are, this is uh, reasonably um, complex to be a human. 
so far it has been reasonably complex, not unreasonably complex. Very important that you choose that it be reasonably complex because those that don't, yes, that's not a pretty sight. But so the idea of the mastery of um, emotion and the idea of the love of your emotions because you must love your emotions because if you don't, you're gone. Well, what, what would you say is a technique for people to master an emotion without it being the left brain suppressing it through judgment or fear? By simply yelling at yourself whenever you become emotional. Oh, that's that, right, okay. <laughs> now, uh, if you can click to consciousness, this is what we've taught like forever and ever and ever. If you can click yourself into becoming conscious, uh, not trick, but just click, and, it's, and when you're getting emotional, okay, and um, to allow yourself to be um, real, allow yourself to have flaws, allow yourself to have these emotions, to not uh, suppress yourself, and just uh, like a small child in the simplicity of being, that is a small child's relationship with life, you just, oh, I'm very angry about this. Y'all remember the animated cartoon of the little guy that would go, you're really upsetting me. I'm very upset with this. I, you know, and, and you, you couldn't take him seriously because he was such an animated cartoon character. But if we can, oh, and humor, that's the other thing that is the great assuage. You know, they say uh, humor's the best medicine, at least Reader's Digest tells us that, but it's true. We know of the man that, uh, uh, had cancer, uh, got a hold of all the Marx Brothers movies, played them 24-7, uh, even while he was asleep, and within a few weeks he was completely cancer-free because the, of what laughter does. And so if you can, um, and usually when you're angry, it's very difficult to pitch a joke at the angry person. Well, if you can do it, you're a genius and it would work. Here's something that's yeah. interesting because what I'm hearing, and, uh, and please correct me, um, it sounds like um, your definition of an emotion and mine might be a little different. So that being said, I think a lot of us probably all have different emo feelings of emotion. Yeah. So when people are saying I have to control my emotions, they're not saying laughter, but laughter is an emotion. It is a feeling. Yeah. Um, and love is, and mm -hmm. amusement, and joy, and delight, and awe, yeah. awe inspiringness. And right, all the things all that these make things life are worth emotion. living. Yeah. It is a feeling put into motion, put into expression. So therefore, all of them are valid and good and perfect. Mm -hmm. So I think that's step number one. Well, and what I've noticed is what people tend to do, they go through a time where they have a feeling about something. For instance, let's say they're angry mm -hmm. at someone. And they do not give themselves permission to really feel that. And remember, it's not always moving the feeling out of us and at another person. We really seek to feel our own expression. It's not that we really wish for other people to hear it or see it or validate it. The only reason we do is because we have set ourselves up to only validate it ourselves when someone else does. But we want to hear it ourselves. So if you can let your emotions come through you and you hear them, most of the time you're not going to feel you have to express it to anyone else. You make the changes internally. Yes. And you find the power with it then. That's that, how. to me, is where mm -hmm. it got very liberating. 
and I've recommended this to people over the years. And I used to do a lot of journaling and writing and stuff. And I remember being upset about things. And I, I realized that I really couldn't win by going and telling the person I was upset because that didn't get me anywhere. Burying it and pretending that I'm in a state of false forgiveness or, or I, I get into an intellectual understanding of it. The feeling is still in me. It still bounces around and will be triggered whenever there is any like event that comes up. So it was important for me to hear it. And if you treat them like children that come and say, Mom, Mom, I want to tell you something, if you just listen to it, it will be, feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And it's sought its expression, it expressed, and then it's done. And well, it won't keep harassing you. Yeah. Well, that change point in particular has been great confusion for we, the human race. Because at one point we are told um, that this can be fixed internally, which is a truth. And at the same time, we're told that if you keep it internally, uh, and therein lies uh, the great healing we may provide in the next little while on this program, is that you can do this inside of you. Now, there's the, the Vulcan expression, which we've said on the, the show many times, which is, there is no offense when none is taken. I love that. Yeah. So when the guy cuts you off and, you know, there's this emotional pulse that goes through you, um, which is actually 100% ego, 107, 8% ego. You know, how dare he cut me off, right, right? Okay, so, but if instead you uh, wake up from that instead of go to sleep, if you fall asleep, what happens is you cut through traffic, get in front of him, and slow down to teach him a lesson, which could have cost everybody in the entire equation and people that weren't involved at all their lives during the subsequent uh, miniature holocaust that would be that. So, to um, keep yourself awake. Well, to that, keep that's your, a good point. So yes. let's say we're cut off in traffic, and I had that exact case that I've mentioned before, but it's been a long time, where I was coming off the beltway onto this exit where it was concrete um, yeah, Jersey yeah. bumpers that, mm -hmm. for quite a period, and so it was one lane with a little bit of excess on each side, and I was going well over the speed limit as I was going off. It was late at night, but this car decided it wanted to go even faster. So it decided to pass me on the right and almost ran me into this thing, mm -hmm. this Jersey bumper. And I, I got control of the vehicle, and oh, it was quite something. And I could feel myself starting to react and get angry or to try to do something about it or whatever. And then my head instead of repressing it, saying you don't have a right to feel that way, it was more of an ascended thing and said, that's not worth my energy. Yeah. And so I just took a deep breath and it was immediately gone. Yeah. Now here's the difference, gaining mastery over it and saying I'm not going to let that attack my self view or my mm -hmm. world view is very different than saying I'm really angry but I'm not allowed to express this so let very me good. make that yeah. into a stomach complaint or into yeah. uh, a sore back or something by metabolizing it yeah. or absorbing it into the body. Because it always comes out through so the body. So here, here is the difference, or here is a way to look at it. Mm -hmm. If we look at our belief dictating how we feel about things, for instance, everybody walks around with their system of rules. It's not okay to say this word or to do this or to listen to this or to talk to that person, and it's not okay to feel this. We all have this huge amount. It's like a yardstick that we measure ourselves against. And it's our subjective view of objective reality. And if you 
listen to a lot of uh, reality television or any fight between two people, it's always that, well, she was 10 minutes late. She should have called me. Now, you see, this person is operating on an assumption that that person had to call when they were 10 minutes late. That doesn't everybody know this? And some of it, yeah, it may be in common. Well, what happens is when we have the type of emotion that we're talking about, like flailing out of control, the wire that's arcing, that's short circuit, whatever that is on your energy circuits, that is all based on a belief in some rule. And so if we all realize there is no objective reality, that it is all our view, our subjective view of objective reality, and that everybody walks around with a different set of rules. And if you just look at it from that perspective, a lot of that unruly flailing of wires would would be put to rest. So what I do if I have a big conflict with someone is I, when I, sometimes I react just like everybody else. But after I pull myself back and say, why did I react and look at it as being sourced within myself, I say, well, what rules are they operating on? And what rules am I operating on that's causing me to resist what they're saying? Mm-hmm. And it really goes a long way to get back to that place, like coming off that highway, where I said well, I just exactly. don't choose to engage. Yeah. I just didn't feel like it. I was too tired. Now, when the guy cuts in front of you on, on, on the road like that, you have uh, a number of options that if it doesn't put you to sleep, and that's what happens if it puts you to sleep, if it instead wakes you up, and you recognize the situation as something worthy of your love rather than your attention, worthy of, well, gee, maybe that guy uh, has someplace very important to be. Maybe uh, I'm only seeing the smallest picture of what's Which is actually like going at on. His rules, yeah. Yeah, uh, or your rules more specifically, exactly. because That's what I yes, said. okay. Yeah. So when the guy cuts you off and you choose to recognize that as love instead of recognizing it with your ego recognizing it with whatever puts you to sleep ever so well, then you can begin a different method of understanding the reality that you're in and be masterful of it. But this is the trick in it is not to get caught asleep. So I have for years used the language codes to keep me awake as soon as there's a buzzword. Uh, Very often this will pop me right back into my uh, process. Uh, If... um, whatever the word might be, uh, the words would have put us to sleep, okay, like cut me off, okay. That'll put you stone asleep, it really will. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're talking and someone interrupts, it doesn't matter what happens there. But if it wakes you up and you recognize it as love and you, instead of um, thinking about what you were saying and what you will, then, then you can be present and recognize whatever that was. It was on your side, it was an act of love, it was in your favor, and uh, get more information from it than you could have. So the entire process by which we have been taught to think uh, doesn't work very well compared to what it could be uh, because of uh, this, as you were saying earlier in the show, and it's very well put, the emotions are something we have shame about. And that's, that's an unbelievably glaring flaw in the way in which we as humans are taught to think. That's, that's paramount. Well, that's an enormous thing. So just the uh, conclusion really quickly, which is that if we um, are to be masters of our thoughts, 
okay? It has to be founded on loving everything. Doesn't have to, that's a bully speaking. It serves you well when, you're, when it's founded on the idea of whatever that is, it's love. If it doesn't look like love, then the love is really doing a good job of playing hide and seek. It's really doing a good job of being disguised in front of you. So that once we can change the search engine from what did I do wrong here? What did they do wrong here? And change that search engine to what's really going on here? And the answer is immediately, oh, this is a form of love you're not recognizing yet. Voila. There you are. That's the point at which you can change the entire mechanism of your belief. Now, what were you? Well, you uh, just about that. Um, I agree with that. Uh, and it's really about your belief. Like I was saying earlier, if you're having a reaction, it's always connected to an event that made you believe something mm -hmm. that is painful for you. So you can change the belief. But sometimes it's just a very neutral thing. At least it was for me that day um, with the car. And it was so profound. And I found that one of the most liberating things that, that was in my life. I realized that I am allowed to just feel neutral about it. Mm -hmm. Just correct the car, get on my way, and drop it. Never think mm -hmm. of it again. That was so liberating to me. Yes. And that's where our beliefs come in. If we grow up in a family that feels like you have to make, get the other person to become cognitive of what just happened, then you're not even going to know you can let go of it. And I'll give you an example. I used to save my phone bills and my bills receipts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And when I met Neville, he is not in that kind of paperwork organizational thing. He's a Virgo in many other ways, but paperwork, he would pay the bill and just dump it in the trash, the receipt, or, or whatever that's called. I can't think of it, just the Invoice. bill itself. Mm -hmm. Well, I said, you just threw that away. And he goes, yeah. And I went, wow, I nev it never even entered my mind. I've been lugging this junk around with me everywhere I went, these old things. And it never even occurred to me that I could just throw it away. And it was something that I didn't even question. It wasn't like I defended it. I didn't even think about it. I did it because my parents did it, and I, I did not really question it at all. But that was a moment of great liberation for me then that I can make different decisions about how I feel about it. Once you make a different decision about how you feel about it, then your emotions will automatically change. And that's the work that I do with people, mm -hmm. is getting them to feel differently about what happened and to look at it differently and think of different alternatives to that. By virtue of that, all the disruption in the energy body that caused the negative emotion or what we would call unpleasant emotion is, is gone. Mm. Whereas if you wrestle with the negative emotion, all that does is make you sick to your stomach, honestly. It, it could, because of repressing it doesn't work, speaking it doesn't work, nothing works because that's, that's just the result. That's, that's the electrical shock. That's not the short circuit in the wiring. So it's best to trace it back to that. That's mm. how you make unilateral, wide, wide range changes in your life. Yeah, well, I personally, and this is called the planet amnesia, in case no one has quite noticed that particular mm -hmm. moniker for our planet. And um, this is greatly on our side, the amnesia, I mean, because whatever that event is, uh, if you don't think about it much, it doesn't get written to long-term memory. And it therefore didn't happen, at least not that you could bear witness to, and even emotionally, and then every cell in your body having no memory of it so 
the next point I'd like to make is that we have taught so many trinities on this program, and um, the trinity that we've been going over uh, in certain ways uh, is that um, generally there would be the idea of manipulating or allowing. The more you allow, the less you manipulate. The more you manipulate, the less you allow. And then that becomes a trinity with the concept of assigning no value to the event. Okay. Now, uh, even allowing is a response to the event, but the idea of assigning no value to the event then doesn't write it to memory, doesn't um, affect you because it was not worthy of attention. And so many things happen all the time everywhere that, you know, somebody bumps you on the subway, right? Well, that's not really worthy of your attention. I mean, if it's a pickpocket, okay. But I mean, just in general, when somebody bumps into you, that's not worthy of your attention, and you don't assign it any value, and therefore, at the end of the day, you don't remember that that happened, and that is the great value of the planet amnesia, whereas if you hang on to that, and you stalk that person, and you find them, and then at just the right moment, you bump them, God, please, was, how much of your life was spent on that piece of insanity? So, and, and then that's manipulating. Stalking is manipulating. And, and so the idea of that trinity allowing, manipulating, or assigning no value is a very important one for the new thinking that's coming up online. And we can say equally the new feeling that's coming up online. And the, so the anger and the fear uh, forms of emotion are never turn out to be worthy of attention because the difference between fear and information is the level of consciousness you're holding, and anger always turns out to be a border that you never spoke about has been crossed by someone that didn't know they were crossing a border, and you know how profound and interesting can that ultimately be? Or knows it, either way. Yeah, either way, like the guy that cuts you off, it's the same thing. If you recognize it as an act of love and you assign it no value as the being cut off. No, or treat it as a neutral event. And yeah. that was very beneficial to me when I read in the Seth books years and years ago in the 70s, mm -hmm. where uh, that's when I first heard Beliefs Create Your Reality, which mm -hmm. I found very powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, that was life-changing for me way back then. It's very common knowledge now, yeah. but back then it was very profound. And he also said that there are no no value to any event, whether it's this horrible event or this wonderful event, whatever, it's all about what value we place on it. Exactly. So the liberating thing that night with that event with me in the car is I place no value on it, and so my mind did not hang on to it. It's only mm -hmm. when we place value, and we place value according to our beliefs. That's why it is so vital. Neville and I, for many years, did a class con consciously creating your life. Many years we did that, mm -hmm. where you come in and you, through different exercises that we have, you figure out what are some of the beliefs that are driving you today and working on those. And I think still, after all these years, that is such a critical first step. Because if you believe it's wrong for someone to cut you off, well then there you go. You start yeah, having the feeling, like you start having the emotion. Yeah. And and if, if we can't metabolize a trauma or some kind of thing like that, it will just stay short-circuited 
on our uh, in our electrical body and mm -hmm. keep arcing until we deal with the original problem. And so we will keep attracting things like exactly. that that's until the we arc. deal with it. Yeah, it's the harmony universe, and that's a very good way to have come to that conclusion. You said the beliefs create reality, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, and emotions also. Beliefs create emotions. That's what I was saying is, earlier. Right. Beliefs create feelings, and feelings create emotion. Yeah. So in beliefs creating emotions, and then um, we, change, we create our beliefs. We choose our beliefs, which then create our reality. So you could very easily create different beliefs, mm -hmm. uh, and therefore create different emotions. And so this is what we've been working on, I, I myself and I'm sure many, um, you know, to uh, have the primary search engine in your mind be, uh, you know, show me, show me love, show me why this is love, show me this. And then you can um, be in a far greater position to be sovereign of your reality than you can be with the emotions taking over your unconscious, from your unconscious mind taking over your life, where you find yourself screaming and raging, and then there's a, um, um, what do they call it when you're not allowed, to, restraining order. <laughs> and then there's an RO, and then there's the candy and flowers and jewelry, and then there's, uh, and none of that, none of that ever had to take place at all. It is the idea that your beliefs create your emotions, which is a very important thing. So if you find this emotion, and then you search for the belief that brought it into existence and you approach the healing from that point of view, you have yet another technique of um, understanding emotion. Exactly yeah. my point. I yeah, agree exactly. with you hundred percent. Yeah. I'm so on board. We, excellent. We agree. There we go. I'm glad because yeah. um, well I, I thank you for seeing my side of this too, yeah, because yeah. I know uh, when we entered into this you were um, from the perspective that emotions really serve no, um, are not on our side for the most part, and that the we, negative can, emotions. we can control those and, yeah. um, and all that. And I'm glad that you see that they all have a place, yes. and that they're all a message, and they're all a vehicle. And I've described them in years past as being different clothing that we put on for different events to, mm -hmm. to, for different purposes. And that if we see it that way and trace it back to the dysfunction rather than to the emotion, that's where we have a key to really change and transform. That's interesting. Well, when I was I, on the other side dead, um, you know, I was shot to death and on the other right. side. Mm -hmm. And uh, the angel that was uh, liaison with me, which is a good way to put that experience, um, ex uh, explained to me that that entire life that I had just led till my 27th year of then being shot to death, had been simply a suit of clothes that I was wearing and had taken off. And I looked at the pile of clothing there, which were all mine, assorted, uh, uh, assorted lifetimes. So it is, uh, it just reminded me of that when you spoke of it that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I was thinking of these as suits of clothes that you have in your closet that, mm -hmm. that you put on for different purposes. You wear a raincoat when it rains, you wear shorts when it's hot, and that they're all valuable. And if we hate any part of us and repress any part of us, we're repressing all of us. So it's important to accept us as we are, unconditionally love ourselves, mm -hmm. even our perceived flaws. And I tell you, I, as you know, or I think you know anyway, I don't want to speak for you, 
but I, I work with people sorting through their emotions and some of the beliefs and experiences because experiences are, give us our beliefs. So if we really look at that chain of command, we have the experience, we develop a belief, then we have a feeling about that belief, yeah. and <clears throat> then the movement is the emotion. And that if we don't like the end result, it really is a good idea to trace it back. And that you can, you can change how you feel about life. I was mm -hmm. reading an article recently that said 23, almost, almost a quarter of all women are on antidepressants right now. And there's only 2% of those that really find any significant relief from that. Now, I know that the pharmaceuticals, as Neville says, the P is silent, is out there to make a buck. And I also know that there are people with chemical imbalances that can benefit from the, the drugs. And I'm not telling anybody to do anything other than think for yourself. And I'm going to continue to say that for, for the rest of time. But I think that we can look at our lives and and say, I can get a handle on this. I can mm -hmm. feel better just because I have a pattern that's emitting a signal based on these things that I've said earlier that I don't have to continue that. I can go and change one thing and then all the f future emissions from that tower mm -hmm. are going to be different. Mm -hmm. And that's really change. And if we look to a pill to do all this for us, number one is the best uh, case is yeah. we feel a little better and then we're addicted to pills. Yeah. And, and Worst case is nothing happens and we're addicted to pills, but we're all addicted well, to pills and drug. we still feel powerless, like yeah. we don't have any say-so in our own reality. Well, we had just done the show on, on addiction and the, uh, if you're not addicted chemically, then you're addicted to patterns, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and, and those are equally out of hand. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Sharon. Sharon, what can we do for you? I just wanted to say you all are doing a great job. Oh, Aww, thank you very thank much. You. That's sweet of you to say it's that. It's very kind. Yeah. We appreciate it. We accept and appreciate all positive encouragement, for sure. <laughs> and <laughs> negative also. No, I'm same. done with that. You guys can just keep negative things to yourself, that kind of thing. But thank you. Do you have any questions? No, I just wanted to just let you all know that I think you're doing a great job. And in, in this day and time, people need to hear positive things and how to get um, on a deeper level yeah. mentally yeah. With, with a higher power. Oh, that is That's brilliant, Sharon. That's yeah. really brilliant. Mm -hmm. And thank you for that. Because, yeah. And thank you for being a deep thinker and someone that can hear this. Because this is really the route to get back to ourselves because mm -hmm. we're being taken so far away from it. I mean, the workplace has gotten so stressful that people are, are being coerced into working unrealistic hours. And then yeah, it's, our families it's are slavery. falling it's apart from not uh, having the glue yeah. of our time. And, right, right. And it's just not so Yeah, the most valuable thing on the planet Earth is attention. Mm -hmm. Attention I is agree. such an integral part of us we don't understand. Um, our consciousness responds to the attention of our soul, which is a very interesting way, a bunch of words to string together. Again, this is from Marianne Rada. Uh, this concept of um, uh, increasing our consciousness is by uh, increasing our attention on it. And this is the, the 
founding cornerstone of our program is that we are here to talk about how to become more conscious. Mm -hmm. uh, every single program we have ever done or ever will do is based on, let's take a look at another facet of consciousness, regardless and of what that particular... And how to apply it to your life, too. Yes, Sharon applied. Sharon was right. It's, every it's bit just of it very applied. important to be able yeah. to apply it to your life. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah, that was we a, love such a call. sweet Thank call. You. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're gone, but we appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Call in again. That's, that was just a brilliant thing to have done. Mm -hmm. We appreciate mm -hmm. that. Yeah, because I also recognize that it can be kind of um, putting yourself out on a limb to pick up the phone and call and be on a live television show. Yeah, a lot of people. And so I think that I, I've talked to people over the years, and a lot of people say I've, I've thought about calling in many times over the years, but it, it was a, a little intimidating to call in. So mm -hmm. I definitely um, admire and appreciate the people that overcome that in order to call yes. in for whatever reasons. So that's out-timidation rather than intimidation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's very good. Yeah. So long as we're having fun. And as long as there's timidation truly, yeah, going on. Enjoyment is actually what we do best. I don't know if that's an available concept to people. But the more you enjoy, that I came with this one for one reason or another, and I realized early on that uh, artwork was uh, something that I did well. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I pursued uh, that as a way of life, still do, um, because it was uh, easy. And we're taught, we are taught, you know, whatever it is that's difficult, well, that's what you want to focus on. That's what you want to constantly, well, then I'll be mediocre. Whereas if I focus on what brings me joy, if I focus on what's fun, if I focus on what I'm good at, mm -hmm. <clears throat> then I can become great. It's like asking Mozart to be a, a painter. <laughs> We'd have never heard his name. Yeah. And that, that's the mindset they've managed to slip in here. This is called progressed brainwashing because all parents want their ch children to excel and uh, therefore have the idea that if they will work on what's not easy for them, they will then excel. No, they will then become mediocre. Whatever your kid's good at, and they're, they're all... That's an interesting point. Yeah. That, that, let's re rephrase or restate that. Whatever you are not good at, you will become mediocre. What did you just yes, say? Yes, if you kind pursue what you are not good at, you at best will become mediocre. See, that's a quote. That's a good quote. Okay. Whereas if you pursue what you are good at, you stand a better than even chance of becoming great at it because we came in here wired to do something. From my earliest years, I drew. It's even, I drew a lot when yeah. I was a kid, too, and I, yeah. I, I would and play teacher. Right. But nobody ever told me it was wrong, except for myself. Um, oh, well, you've got to watch that one. Well, I've, yep. I've been dealing with Here her. Here I am again. I've been loving her. Yeah, there you go. And telling her to stop that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but, but that is a good point. Mm -hmm. That was part of our, our joy mapping class is to look at what were those early joys because those are going to tell you what you uh, have accumulated in past life experiences and, and talents and skills that you decided to keep online when you came into this life. Because obviously yeah. Mozart, as you have even said, has had to have experience before being four years old in order yeah. to write concerts. Oh, many lifetimes symphonies. as a musician, remembering how to mm -hmm. be a musician. No, I'm sure he didn't have to incarnate that's after true. that. That's true, and we have. Plus he was Mose Allison, but that's only a theory and it's the M. But mm -hmm. at any rate. And here's the duck. 
David is dangling this evening with his brand new haircut. Oh, it is so cold in here. That is to keep the equipment from becoming. Oh, I think equipment really doesn't do well when it's below 30 degrees. It kind of ices it up. Well, I had compassion. And that's an interesting word, the difference between compassion and empathy. Mm -hmm. Because empathy means you can empathize with the other person and then act as, as how you would wish to be mm -hmm. treated or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas compassion often means you're taking on the other person's emotion. And maybe that's necessary for a few minutes to feel that, but keeping it really, you're not helping them by doing that. I what got you surrender which is a real tell in our mm. program this evening because uh, if rather than experiencing the rage of your offended ego, and we've never done that with anyone, I don't Not think me. so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, instead of that, you just surrender to the, you know, pardon me, the car cutting you off, you surrender to this dub You surrender to being to find pushed. Something. Yeah, you just surrender to the whole thing, then you, you cannot be touched, you are um, That's a very good point. Yeah, and surrender is very... Uh, surrender makes it neutral, which yeah. is really, I think, yeah. the optimum thing. I've been seeing this more and more, mm -hmm. because every time I don't surrender, I see that being neutral would have put me in my place of personal power. Not power over the other person, right. but in a place of personal power. Mm -hmm. And so the best we can do is catch it whenever we see it. And if we don't see it prior, then love, accept, and forgive ourselves. Yeah. and. Uh, yeah, very much, yeah. And that's an entrance to a meditation we can talk about on a future show. Yeah, we're going to do meditation next week. So yeah, we will be showing you lots of meditation techniques. So bring a pencil and paper next week yes, and an open and, mind. And there will be a quiz. Okay. Another one. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? My name is Barbara from Indiana. Hey, oh, hi, Barbara. Barbara. Hi, how are you? Thanks for calling. I am great, thank you. And um, I wanted to say that with the aid of your common sense that I'm learning on your podcast and your and Facebook, that I've been able to get off two antidepressants. <gasps> wow. Yay. All right. Oh yeah, my that gosh, is applause. how Absolutely. wonderful. Good yeah, for congratulations. you. Good for you. So, yeah. so things are really good. And I, I would be honored if Mary would give me a reading. I would mm -hmm. be honored to give you a reading. Thank you. Thank you, and I'll take it off the air. Okay, yeah. thank Barbara, you. Barbara, thank I, you very much. That's one of the more brilliant I calls. I mean, that it's, yeah. it is possible to claim our power to that extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's... And you know, when it's time, it'll be time mm -hmm. for, for whoever is out there. So let's look at this and see what we get for Barbara. Okay, the first card, this, this kind of reminds me of exactly what you were saying. It's the card of courage. The seed wasn't sure if it was going to be able to grow in that little crack in the, in the stone wall. And it said, I'm going to do it anyway. I have the courage to do this. And not only did it grow, but it proliferated and it, and it um, has great vitality. And the wolf is the teacher, so it's interesting that the wolf doesn't call everybody, uh, but when, it, when you are called by the wolf, that means you are called to teach and share your story, but it's also a time of great learning for you where you're opening up. And I do feel that Native American spirit around you, like uh, you're being given information that you're out of the realm of this life and this culture and this thing, and that your multi-lifetime, uh, where you're part of a, a larger picture instead of just a tiny one. And look, this is talking about change too. 
So you, you had courage, you decided you were going to claim your power in lots of different ways. And this can materialize in what you do every day, either for a living or family dynamics too, because these currents run through all areas of our life. And you were being taught and you were finding your spirit knowledge and that's causing great change in your life. So thank you. Excellent. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Oh, hi, Edith. Edith, how are we doing? Good. I was just calling for a reading from Mary, and I'm going to hang up. Well, thank okay. you. It's always so thank good to you. hear from you. Mm-hmm. All right. And yes, um, Barbara reminded me that I, I do convert all the shows every week into audio form and then post them on iTunes so you can listen on your iPod or iPad or something. It's just the audio, so you don't have to use up a lot of your space because it's mm -hmm. just an MP3. All right, here is the breakthrough card. And like we were saying earlier, the real breakthroughs happen further upstream where we are looking at our experience that led to the belief. And so it's saying to trace something a little further upstream to get the, get the big impact and the breakthrough from it. And that great good fortune will come from that. I also feel like this is somehow connected to your job, like there might be a shift or somebody that's in a position of power that will be leaving or modifying, something like that, that will bring new opportunities to you because the ladybug is about dreams coming true, wishes fulfilled, mm -hmm. good fortune is an old-fashioned way of saying that. Mm -hmm. And that brings wisdom. The wisdom is the experience that we have after the event. That's, that's what's left. That's how the event changed us. And we do have power over that by how we look at the event and how we release the, the disruption that's causing what we think of as negative emotion. So anyway, it looks like something pretty profound is going to happen that's going to leave you very much wiser for it. Yeah. Hey, hold up a breakthrough again to the camera just for a minute, would you please? Can you take a shot of breakthrough? Well, eventually we'll do this. Anyhow, in this uh, interdimensional uh, view that we have of the world, uh, around the edge of breakthrough was definitely letters that we were writing, but the card moved before I could read I it. I thought that. They're yeah. Like, it's like a... Uh, no, it was... It's, uh, it's like, I mean, you can construe it that way. I've, I've thought that before. It's blue lines, like X's. Yeah, but the, the tips on the little crystalline structures look like letters. Anyhow, it could very well have been a person's name that was being exploded in that. Yeah, but you see, so, yeah. those look even more like letters, the blue lines. We'll look at it later, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. I, I uh, thought that. That's interesting that you would see that. Yeah. After all these years of looking at my cards and the cards and hearing that, it, it's funny that me, too, after all these years of looking at these, I will see something new pop up Yeah. often. Well, breakthrough is the concept of changing our identity. Uh, we are so, and we've said so many times on the show, we are in the thought of uh, habits. Uh, hi, uh, caller, hello? Yes, hello. Hi, what's your name, please? My name is Suzanne, and I was Suzanne. wondering if I can get a reading from Mary, mm -hmm. and I'll take my answer off the air. Well, okay. thank you. Thank you very thank much you. for calling. Sure. And we're going to be at Suzanne. Ruby Tuesdays. Ruby Tuesdays, at, uh, right after the show, provided this is Thursday evening, the 4th, of March. We'll be at Ruby Tuesdays. You're welcome to join okay. us. Um, also, on my next uh, 
radio show, Inner Wisdom, Tuesdays Ooh, yeah. at 11.30 a.m. I'm going to mm -hmm. be doing readings the whole show, past life readings included. And um, So if you want to call in there for readings, mm -hmm. uh, uh, friend me on Facebook and you'll always have all the links to that. This is a card of consciousness and it shows rising above it. And that's kind of what we're getting at tonight. Rising above it makes it neutral. You don't judge it as bad and you don't alter that and go to the other extreme and say, oh, well, then it must be good. I know it's healthy, like what you were saying, to look at it through the eyes of love, and I'm not negating that at all. But I am saying that getting to the position of neutral is even uh, a less, a greater place because you're not in any kind of an evaluation at that point. It's, it's merely a neutral event. The seal is talking about contentment. So what's going on is you may be going through this thing now where you're, you're feeling like not malcontent or miscontent, not contented, I don't, can't think of the right word, with what's going on because sometimes we do things because we think we're supposed to do things and then we wake up one day and say, I'm not really contented with this. And, and so we start examining what we really would like to have in our life and we find that we have some things that we didn't realize how much we love those. And, and we look at them anew with new appreciation, but it also shows the areas that might be um, ready for you to release as well. So we've got the card of receiving, and receiving happens by holding our hands up just like she's doing and saying, I'm ready to receive. And then whatever is yours to receive is just going to show up. So it's saying, create a place for it. Your consciousness is telling you what you really do wish to have. And so that's the stuff that's going to show up. So thank you. Do we have time for that other call? Okay. One more call? Yes? I don't know if we have time. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? No. We're all set. Okay. Okay. Sorry you didn't get on. Yes. Uh, yeah, we are planning a trip to the Serpent Mound at the end of the month, the weekend of the 27th. If anyone is interested, we're going to be doing crystals and crystal healing and advanced gridding. Advanced crystal gridding, a really powerful workshop and multiple things, and you'll get an energy tune-up and um, a laying on of crystals. Well good time had by all. And maybe even a past life regression. And no, it's a fun, on fun time. time. Yeah. So if you're interested, please email me at telepathytv at yahoo.com. We would yeah, love to see you. Yeah, you'll definitely have the opportunity to go and meditate with the serpent. All kinds of stuff, but I'll yeah. send out details soon. Excellent. I'll get them Excellent. together tonight. Okay. Okay. All right. So let me see. What else do we have going on? We are having a crystal workshop coming up here. Oh, right. Uh, a series of really advanced crystal techniques that mm -hmm. um, are, are very, very hands-on and crystals. exciting. And I'm going to do an EFT training pretty mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. Lots of different things. And anything else you have yes. here? No, I'm just so. doing more art. We'll yeah, be showing I love on your the art. Show. It's just really We'll be showing on the show. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, excellent. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Um, turning the um, waveform generators into um, uh, going to be exhibiting them at a number of um, avenues, so mm -hmm. to speak. Well, so. and I am working to develop a website for Neville. I'm, wor I'm working on my own website. Oh, thank you, yeah. And then we still have the telepathic TV. I decided mm -hmm. we do so many things, it's best to sort those into three areas. So Renaissance people, yeah. Renaissance, you remember her? Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. That'd be a great do. name, wouldn't it? Yeah. And she could do a for seance. the person that didn't get a call, this is saying to retreat right now. Go into yourself and take care of you. 
and that there is profound healing in that. Sometimes just stepping away from what you are taking emotional responsibility for other, not you personally, but we didn't even get to talk about taking emotional responsibility. Oh, oh that's Sometimes a whole that other happen. show. And then the, the healing, or the uh, traveling card, is talking about taking that healing mm -hmm. and moving to a different place in your life. So anyway, that was for you, whoever was on hold that didn't get through, and I hope you're still watching that. And thank everybody who called, we appreciate this. Mm -hmm. Does that have hyper... Thank you.